This is Powell to the People on the best talk in town. Well, I got up early this morning, turned on the radio. The weatherman gave the forecast that he really didn't know. He said we might have a little sunshine, might have a little rain. Might have partly cloudy skies and it might just snow again. Well, I found out a long time ago, there ain't that much for sure. But God's love and faithfulness will forevermore endure. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, if you're on a high, if you're in a low, if you're getting sick, if you're feeling well, if you get up, if you just fell, God's love and faithfulness will always be the same. Some things never change. Here's Larry Powell. Hey, and welcome back to Powell to the People. We are so glad to have you here today. Uh, you know, amazing uh, third show already in the books. We're ready to go, and I'm amazed at what God is already doing. 2022, some good things are taking place. We've got a special guest with us. I'll introduce her in just a moment. But, man, what did you do for New Year's? Um, you know, for my wife and I, we're in bed a lot earlier than we ever used to be. And we absolutely love it. So we we order a nice dinner. We bring it home. We stay home together and just enjoy watching a little TV and spending time with the kids before earlier in the day because they go on and on and on. But we just had a great time. And I hope you've started your year off in a really positive way because a lot of good things are taking place. And, you know, no matter what we're facing, you know what? God is good all the time, and we've got an opportunity to make it through some very, very difficult circumstances, and not just make it through, but overcome. And so I'm real excited about what's taking place. And Powell to the people where civility is always in style. And we're going to get a chance also to start today uh, with a couple of really interesting things. But this past week, guess what? Good news with Larry Powell kicked off. So uh, every uh, Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock and at 4 o'clock, you're going to hear nothing but good news stories. And you all remember uh, all those good news stories that we did for about eight years. Well, it's back. Good news with Larry Powell. So tune in to KXEX 1550 AM and get ready for more good news. You're going to hear a good news story twice a day, and we're going to enjoy the time together. Well, listen, we've got someone with us that's very special, Vicki Luna, who is coming to us from Lighthouse Recovery Center where she works with a lot of young ladies who have tough lives. And uh, I, I'm amazed at what goes on. Vicki, we're so glad to have you with us. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Larry. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'll tell you what. I've known you, Dot and I have known you for a long time, and we support the Lighthouse Recovery Center and love what you're doing with uh, the ladies that you help take care of. And and I know they, they do a lot of good things in the community as well. You you take your, your ladies in and and help out in a lot of different circumstances and things while they're going through some tough times. But uh, I know you've been through a really tough time recently. We're going to talk about that probably in the second segment. I know you had a little bit of a fire you we know, that, did. that happened. But uh, how did you get started in this whole idea of a, a recovery center? Tell well, us a little bit about your background. I will. Uh, I'd love to share. You know, I didn't set out to work with women in recovery. As a matter of fact, I didn't want to be anywhere near them. But isn't God funny the way he works things out? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I was uh, raised oldest of four children by a single mom. Uh, my mother and father came from different uh, sides of the tracks, if you will. 
And so we had a little bit of a rough upbringing, my siblings and I. And um, so I, I changed schools at least 19 times, Larry, wow. growing up. Uh, some some schools we would go back to back and forth to as my mom was trying to find her way. Sure. Single mom with all of these children. And um, so long story short, uh, I, I started to, ve- to develop some of the patterns um, that I had learned growing up, which weren't so good, some of them. Uh, I was a high school dropout. Uh, I um, met my husband later when I was 20 years old. Uh, we got married when I was 23. I found out I was pregnant when I was almost 25. And that is when I had to make a, a, a decision. Gotcha. What kind of mother am I going to be? And so that started my my journey of change. I, I got saved at the age of 25 wow. and uh, wandered down to a little downtown church, been there ever since. <laughs> and um, and so I went back to school and I, I landed a job at probation. I worked at the juvenile hall uh, system, the old Hall of Shame on 10th Street. Boy, and that was quite a place because as county superintendent, we provided education for those kids and that was a tough place for kids to be, no doubt about it. Yes, tough yes. place. And and my heart broke for them because I would I would hear their cries at night, you know, the mm. kids who were the meanest of the meanest, tattoos from top to bottom. Uh the the people that society saw as throwaways. Sure. I heard those those kids cuz they're kids uh crying at night or when no one would show up on visiting day or no letter would come in the mail. Right. Right. So my heart uh, broke for them and but as my own family started growing, I started having more children. Uh, after almost six years of serving there at probation, I needed to go to an eight to five. So I went to the county and I said, where can I go today that has an <laughs> opening yes. uh, Monday through Friday? You know, banker's hours now. Absolutely. Getting older, kids, having kids. Kids do that to us. <laughs> yes, yes. And my husband was tired of making his own dinners at that point. Oh, I love it. And, and helping to watch the kids. So. So I went to the county and they said you could uh, you could transfer today, but it would be a demotion to either mental health services or substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the, the cries I heard in the institution and because of some of my own childhood experiences, I didn't want to have anything to do with these women, especially moms who were abusing drugs or alcohol and not taking care of their kids. Sure. And uh, so I says, you know, put me in the mental health department. And I says, well, there's a round robin Saturday, so you'll have to serve at least one Saturday. Well, I don't gamble. I, I'm not a gambler. <laughs> uh, and so I says, oh, you know, just just put me with the addicts. I'll, I'll take them. I'll take my cup and, and bear it, you yeah. know. But, Larry, my first assignment was to sit down and assess uh, people who had been identified as possibly having barriers to completing whatever county department it was, mm. CPS, probation, sometimes parole, um, uh, adult services, welfare department. And my job was to assess their level of care needed and then plug them into a local program. Wow. So you, you started that assessment concept early in your career yes, uh, to identify, okay, what are the needs of the folks that you're going to be working with? That's, that's quite a skill, uh, trying to ferret out from somebody what they really need yes. so that you're, you're tracking them appropriately. Mm-hmm. And, and part of, uh, as part of that assessment, you're asking a lot of of um, questions about hidden things, mm. trauma, abuse. Um, so that's exactly what I heard in those assessments was trauma. Sure. Um, and God just broke my heart. He broke my heart. He changed my perspective on these uh, people, especially women, the adult women. Uh, it looked like they were constantly trying to hit the reset button. Yeah. 
and they didn't have a lot of direction. Right. right. And so uh, the Lord showed me that, Vicki, these women are the girls that you saw in juvenile hall. Mm-hmm. These women are the mother who raised you. And if it hadn't been for me, this would be you sitting on the other end of this this table. Wow. Wow. When you think about where God takes us from, he has purpose in everything that happens. Down the line, you're going, okay, why am I here in this job? And then as I look back, 2020 hindsight is really good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for those of us who, who have faith, uh, just to see where God had us and where he's taking us and the purposes behind all of those things. So you had preparation for what you didn't even know you were going to be doing. Yeah, it's amazing. Looking back, like you say, hindsight, I could see where God strategically moved me throughout the county department's substance abuse assessment outcomes, focus groups, just preparing me for the plan that he preordained for me to to do. Wow. So we end up with um, Lighthouse Recovery Center. How did you come up with the name? How did you come up with the idea? Uh, What was it like starting something from new? You know, I often tell people, because they ask, how did you do this? Well, I didn't know that I was doing it. Uh, You know, God would just give me a burden, and I would just take the first step. You know, he'd show me, give me a little bit of direction, and I would just say yes. And I would just put one foot in front of the other. It started... um, by recognizing that there was no continuum of care in our city. We would plug women into these programs. Sure. But what did they do when they got out of the program? Because anybody can sit in a classroom. Right. But it's when they return back into society where it really matters, and that's where they were failing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. As a former county superintendent of schools, uh, I saw a lot of that where we would identify kids that needed something. Uh, we'd get them into help, but there was no sustainability. So how do we keep it going? Because they can't do it on their own. Right. We know that. And so how do you keep that going? And the county's doing it uh, as much as they can, but Mm -hmm. there was just no sense of, okay, I'm going to stay with you and make sure you get through Mm -hmm. uh, because we can get you a hand up, but we we can't leave you you alone. Yeah. We got to do something, you know, and that's that's kind of the craziness of our system is we often um, help and abandon, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and so then you got this cycle and you're right back doing the same thing again. They're going through the same classes and doing all that all over again. Yes. So you ended up with this preparation that leads to Lighthouse Recovery Center. And, you know, uh, folks, uh, when you think about uh, every one of us knows somebody who has drug and alcohol problems. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you get into your program? we got a couple of minutes before we're going to take a, a minute before we're going to take a break. How do you get into your program? Well, it's just a simple phone call, Larry. Uh, they just call us. Uh, we do a very short phone screening just to identify any medications or medical mental health issues that need okay. to be addressed uh, prior to them coming in, uh, something that might need to be modified. So what phone number would they need to call? They can just call uh, 559-222-4824. 4824 Wow. You know, we're going to hear a lot more about this from Vicki. Vicki, I'm so glad you're with us. You're listening to Powell to the people where civility is always in style. Be right back.
this is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Here's Larry Powell. Yeah, you're listening to uh, KXEX 1550, Powell to the people, where civility is always in style. And we have with us today Vicki Luna, who is a star in Fresno. Let me tell you, Vicki, we are so proud of what you've done and who you are and uh, the way you take care of some of the least of us in town. Uh, it's amazing because they go from needing hope, because I know many of your, your ladies that come into you come with no hope at all. And I know one of the things you do is hope and you provide healing and, and you do some things that give them a, a sense of direction and purpose. And, you know, so tell us a little more about, um, you know, how'd you end up with Lighthouse Recovery Center? Well, um, so Larry, I, I was driving down the street one day and I had just finished doing some outcome studies, going to what were called sober livings in our city to find out where these women were now, were they employed, were they still sober, were they reunified with their children. And uh, a lot of the places that I that I went into were didn't have a continuum of care. They offered a mattress, you know, a bed, sure. and they offered uh, walls. And you're still with the county at this point? I was still with the county at this okay. point. And um, when I when I left, I was driving in my car and I thought, there, these are investors not meaning to do harm investors uh, making, you know, three times the amount on their rental, but they don't really know the effect that it's having on these women who need a continuum of care. They need continued direction. Now, what do I do when I'm out here? And so um, God just placed the burden. I, um, I, the Lord had given me, he had set uh, some coworkers next to me in a cubicle one day, years prior. And I heard them talking about, they bought their rental by taking a HELOC, a line of credit on their home. Yeah. And the Lord reminded me of that. And I went home and I told my husband about my great idea. I love it. <laughs> and you know, my and husband. How did he respond? You know, he's so good. He, he, he has never gotten in the way when God says go or do something. Sure. He, he always says, go ahead. So he gave me two conditions. He says, okay, but don't lose our house. Cause neither one of us came from very much, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, we, we thought we were living in a castle in Northwest Fresno coming from where we had come from. And he said, don't lose the house. And, uh, he said, and remember these are women. So this is your ministry and not mine. Okay. So we, we kept to that bargain and, uh, and so I, I did that. I took out a loan against our home and bought the first home that was uh, called the Lighthouse. Wow. And where was your first house? It was over by Hoover High School. Okay. Uh, I, in, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. In Northeast Fresno. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to take everybody out of the bad neighborhoods and bring them to North, <laughs> North Fresno, Fresno. And, and, you know, and tell them all about Jesus and, and require them to get a job, you know. <laughs> and so it was just putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Well, how many did you have in your first home? We had six in the first home. Okay. And I was looking back uh, on January 1st as I make these what I call prayer trees, prayer tools each year. And I was looking back at all the previous years and I saw that it was six months after opening the first one that we opened a second one. Wow. So you you had this dream, this vision God gave you, and uh, now you got to go make it a reality. Yes. Uh, Now... I'm sure that nobody dropped $100,000 in your pocket. No, not (laughs) then. They sure didn't. Yeah. So uh, how did you even, so you borrowed money on your house. Mm -hmm. You you got your first place going. Uh, Who were the first people that came to work with you 
Uh, and then who were, not the names, but who were some of the folks that you went and got as as participants who got to uh, benefit from it? Yes. And well, where are they now? It was just myself and one gal who went to church with me. Wow. And uh, she became the house monitor. Okay. And so the women had to be gone during the day job searching. Gotcha. Uh, going to meetings, different things like that, putting their their reentry plan into place. So it's not just sit and soak. No, you know you're you're going to be active, and which is what we know all of us need. Yes. is uh, you know the Lord says, look at the ant sluggard. You know, get up and move. Mm-hmm. When I sit and soak, I don't do well. You know, yes. So, yes. but you get them out into life and realize they can make it. Yeah. You know, so they're out looking for jobs and doing things like that. They're out looking for jobs. And initially it was trial and error. My poor little first gal, her name's Leah, and she lets me share her story. We still have oh, contact with Leah today. Wonderful. And uh, and so she, w- she was uh, our trial run. And so, you know, the first idea was they had to be out all day looking for all these jobs, um, going to meetings. And, and it was summer. Oh. And Larry, she was light skinned and she came home like a lobster. <laughs> and I said, okay, we have to revise this plan. Yeah. So it was just really um, practicing and proving okay. the plans that God was laying before me. Sure. So Lisa, um, you know, the women would be gone during the daytime and Lisa would be there in the evening. I would go there after five when I got off work and I would do case management and drug testing and, and uh, helping them to roadmap uh, their their next step. Sure. So you had an individual education plan in a way, yes. an individual life plan mm-hmm. on where they could end up. And and you're still working your regular county job yes. while doing this. Yes. That that had to be a load. It it was. It was. But you know, when, when God gives you a vision, he kind of just fuels you. You it doesn't seem like work. It 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 just makes you go. I, I know what you're talking about. I I've been officially retired for 11 years from the County Office of Education, but I'm calling it refired mm-hmm. because I'm doing so many other things. And, and Christians never retire anyway. People of faith, there's always something to do. Yes. And obviously yes. you you found this. So uh, you had six in your first home. Mm-hmm. Uh, what led to the next one? Well, the first home we referred to as a sober living because these were women who had already completed a program somewhere in the city, and now they're going to come. Now they're going to identify who that higher power is. You know, they're going to all these meetings. They really don't know why. Sure. Um, And so then women started uh, getting uh, getting the word about the lighthouse and seeing the results. And so they started asking if we did uh, drug and alcohol treatment, which we didn't do at the time. Uh, but after I said no, you know, a few times, I felt like the Lord said, well, why don't you, you know how to do it. And that reminds me of what you had just said. I'm not going into this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Lord had a different plan. Yes. And like I say, it was just one step, uh, after the other. And so, uh, I says, well, let's go ahead and do it. We're re- we're turning away too many people. Wow! And I found out that uh, another day center called Samaritan Woman. Oh, yeah. Which, yes, which no, it no longer exists, but it was a great day center for women who were previously incarcerated or or uh, coming out of addictions, and and they were educational classes, and they were Christ centered. Right. I found out they were right across the street. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, well, there's the answer. These women, if I open this second home, these women can go to these day classes during the day and then return at the end of the day. Wow. And that would be their day program. Yes. And so uh, I found another house. And uh, that one was a little scary because the first one I knew God was saying go. Right. The second one I kind of questioned, is this me? Is this God? <laughs> 
the first one I told my husband, I have a great plan. We can, it's a great opportunity to get new furniture, babe. We can put all of our furniture into the first home and we can go get new furniture on no interest, no, <laughs> no, no payment, right? Yeah. For these 18 months. But the second home, I had already given all my furniture away. And I said, Scott, I don't even have furniture for this second home. Wow. Well, the phone rings and a lady calls. I never met her. And she said, I need to empty out a home. I have a kitchen table. I have couches. I have refrigerator. Everything that we needed except the beds. Isn't that unbelievable? Mm-hmm. You know, and yet it is so believable for those of us of faith yeah. who understand that God does that kind of thing on a regular basis. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's his blessings will chase and overtake us. Well, they chase and overtake. <laughs> well, that's pretty remarkable. So, um, you know, you no longer had the, uh, uh, burned as a lobster. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Things, they had a place to go. Yes. It's right near where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start seeing the positive effects of what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and did, did the ladies find jobs? Did they, uh, did did the community step up and start helping? They they did. Um, the women at the first home, the sober living, they had already finished a treatment component somewhere in the city. So they were now working, okay. going to meetings, reestablishing themselves or establishing themselves for the first time in, in society. Yes. The second home, these women were needing to get, they were early in their recovery. So, so we called Samaritan Woman their day center education, and then they would come home in the end of the evening. So now I'm going to two places after work <laughs> and giving them, you know, going over their plan with them and doing those types of testings. Wow. Wow. That's pretty amazing when you think about um, from working at the county, first of all, in juvenile hall, then moving to mental health, then the Lord opening up a lot of doors, creating in your heart a desire for something that you didn't necessarily have to begin with. Now you've got uh, a place near Hoover. You've got some the old Samaritan home that you're now working with. And you, you had to see a lot of folks that you couldn't serve simply because there are so many out there who have needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you, because I know you've expanded since then. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming the need created the reason for the expansion. Yes. So in 2011, Samaritan woman came to me and uh, the founder was relocating to another state. And so uh, another ministry organization here in town was taking over the Samaritan woman. And so they came to me and said, Vicki, your gals are no longer going to be able to participate come the end of the year. We're um, changing hands and they have to actually be living with us to reap the benefits of the classes. Gotcha. So I says, okay. And I thought to myself, well, Lord, we'll just go back to sober living and just do the sober living thing. Well, then he gave me another, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then he gives me another bright idea. And, um, pastor Pete Antelon of cross church said, well, you can use our church, the second floor, you know, the children's classes during the day, uh, for, for your education classes. Wow. Wow. So it starts a new adventure with Vicki Luna and the Lighthouse Recovery Center. Folks, you're listening to uh, Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. And what a great story we have with Vicki and Lighthouse Recovery Center. You're going to hear more in just a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Well, if you get hungry, you just fell. God's love and faithfulness will always 
This is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. You know that uh, bumper music that you're hearing is from Mark Lowry and some things never change. And usually when we hear some things never change, it's like, oh, it's the same old stuff. Well, with God's faithfulness, some things never change. And that's God's faithfulness to us to help us through giving us visions that are beyond our ability. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow it happens now, so you end up now with the opportunity for another adventure. Mm-hmm. So tell me what happens after Samaritan's closing. Yes, another step. So I had been struggling with leaving the county for a couple of years with these extra um, ventures. <laughs> and, um, and so it came time that at the end of 2011, it was time for me to leave the county. And that was right about the same time that Samaritan woman came to me and said they were closing. Well, I thought, well, I could just go back to sober living, but then Pastor Pete told me he had this space in his church, and the Lord challenged me to start our own day recovery center. Wow. And wow. so that's what that's what we did. So January 1st of 2012, uh, we launched what we called our day recovery center. So we had three sites now, the sober <laughs> living house, the residential house, and the day recovery center. You actually center. had four because you had the county job too. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> by that time I had left. I left oh, the county okay. the end of 2011. Gotcha. And so this was brand new, fresh. I was working, uh, volunteering actually. Yes. Now we, we added one, a new lady to our team, Rosalind. And her and I were volunteers for the first 17 months of of launching the Day Recovery Center. You know, uh, I know what it's like when I saw a student that was really hurting and came from a really dysfunctional family and a lot of things like that. And I know the joy that I had in my life by seeing them make it. Mm-hmm. by seeing them come out of the pit that they were living in. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, a, it's something that's hard to describe how good it is, and that's where God says it's better to give than to receive. Yeah. And uh, when I saw these kids make it, I'm sure that had to start affecting you too when you're seeing these, these young ladies and they're, they're coming out of really tough circumstances yeah. with drugs and alcohol and whatever, and they're making it. Mm-hmm. They're getting jobs. Their life is heading in a good direction. Yeah. So uh, now you've you've expanded again. You've you've taken a huge step of faith. I love what what happens when we step out because usually when we step out, there's something to step on when mm-hmm. you're working with God. That's so, so true. We're stepping out and stepping on, and you were doing that. Yes. So tell me what happens after that. So here you've got uh, Cross City. You're working there, doing some some great things, doing your own program. Uh, now another idea has dropped in and you're ready to go again. Yes. From the time I left the county in August of 2011 to the uh, January 1st, 2012, that gave me time to write the program. So I wrote all the program, the curriculum, uh, got a therapist, um, got different facilitators in the, uh, throughout the city. Um, you know, people like pregnancy care center and other like-minded organizations to, to collaborate with and come in and facilitate some of the classes that were extras, not the core like substance abuse or anger management, but, uh, life, uh, health and wellness and, and stewarding your body and, and job searching and office skills. (laughs) So, so had the time to write that plan and, and we launched it and it birthed January 1st, 2012. That's, that's really remarkable when you think about it because, uh, so many times uh, we 
we take for granted, and I did, I know, I grew up in a mom and dad home. Uh, they loved me. They took care of me. Uh, they challenged me. I was never lacking for food or shelter or anything. Uh, and I grew up with just knowing that I was probably going to be able to make something of myself. Mm-hmm. Even though I had polio in 1949, mom and dad never let me dwell on what I couldn't do, but always mm-hmm. helped me understand what I could do. Yeah. And uh, and so it was a normal part for me and my three siblings. We just knew we were going to be successful. We were going to have good lives. We, we went to church. We loved the Lord, all of those kinds of things. We were a family of faith to begin with. And great lessons from mom and dad, but it was not a challenge in a lot of ways. It was mm-hmm. it was so good, and I knew how to brush my teeth. I knew how to comb my hair. I knew how to get ready for an interview. I knew all of those kinds of things because mom, you know, would would work with me to do that kind yeah. of stuff. When I ran for student body president at McLean High School back in 1965, she's in the. Uh, a parking lot listening to the speech, you know, yeah. I mean, I had support all my life and I, and, and she's 97 today and I still have support. So it's amazing. So you're taking people with real basic things that they need in order to thrive and survive mm-hmm. in our society today. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously faith is a cornerstone of what you do, but there's also the, the, the normal things you have to learn in order to be able to step out in life. Yes, the practical applications. Um, so we, we, the Bible is our foundation. I do believe that Jesus is the way. He's not a yep. way. Yes. So I don't point people in any other direction. Yes. Um, and so uh, I, I believe I found the answer, and I share that with the people who come to our doors. Yeah, that's and, really good. Uh, yeah, and it, it just cha- it turns their life around, like you say. That you know there are trophies. My my, it reminds me of when my my kids were young and. My son was playing soccer, and I would run up and down the field, hollering, <laughs> "Kick it, baby! Go to the left!" You know, and um, and so that's what we do with the women today. We just cheer them on and um, and give them those those uh, training lessons, if you will. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I I do a lot of speaking uh, to a lot of different groups, and I always ask this question: How many of you remember something that was said that was negative towards you from someone? that maybe you respect it could be parent, could be teacher, could be pastor, could be anybody. And they hang on to those things. Those Mm -hmm. words are hard to get rid of that are negative about somebody. So you've got a challenge because I know a lot of the the women that you work with, uh, they don't come out of uh, the homes that I came out of and uh, they were abused and and put down and, and had all kinds of challenges, but you're helping them reframe how they think about themselves Mm -hmm through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord, obviously. But it, it's amazing the change that takes place in them. Yeah. And uh, how they, they now have hope in a future. I'm looking at your website where you get healing, hope, and help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty. And folks, you, you really need to check out this website. What's the, the website address? Lighthousewomensrecovery.org. Yeah. That, go check it out, folks, because there are a lot of good things happening there. Okay. So now, uh, how did you end up at L Street? Well, I was going crazy, going to all three different sites every day, uh, and it was a little much. So I says, I need to find a one-stop shop. I have to find one roof that I can put all of this under. And so a good friend of mine, she rented another large house, and she called and said, hey, our landlord has another big place over on L, and it's zoned correctly so you could use it. 
L Street is an amazing street. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are a lot of nonprofits that have worked on L Street and done some work. Yeah. So you went. Now that had to be um, not a cheap deal to get that house. So how did you get it? Well, you know, I uh, the owner was Miss Mabel Mabel Chin. And she was an investor here locally, and a lot of people knew her as Mean Miss Mabel. <laughs> and um, and so I was saying, God, I was washing dishes at my kitchen sink one day, and I said, God, please move this lady's heart to rent this to us within the amount that we can afford. Right. And um, and I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to give you the house, but I'm also assigning Miss Mabel to you. <laughs> and because Miss Mabel wasn't a believer. Yes. And I says, OK, I'll take on that mean Miss Mabel. <laughs> and uh, so so that began a wonderful relationship and also a wonderful opportunity for me to minister to Miss Mabel. And she rented it to us for just two thousand dollars a month. Wow. Forty six hundred square feet. And And it's a. A historic home. Yes, yes. Uh, absolutely amazing. And I know Dot and I have been down there a number of times. And and I know the the folks who get services from you there, they are home. Mm-hmm. It is a home yes. for them. And uh, they have responsibilities. So once you come into the home, what what do you do to with your uh, clients to help them take on responsibility? Because that's a big place to take care of. Yes, yes. Well, the first week, they don't get any chores assigned. We just kind of welcome them in and let yeah. them get comfortable. Uh, but it is a big place. And uh, they share in the in the household chores. You know, they get one assignment a week and they tend to that area that week. Yeah. And and it's easily managed that way. They, they do take good care of the place. We teach a lot of them. Some of them come in and don't know how. We have women... Uh, Larry, who were raised in foster care system and had no family ever to call their own. And then we have some women who have master degree le- uh, education wow. and, and they ran uh, organizations or, or businesses and, and life happened. Um, or maybe their, their, the expectations placed on them were too high and at sure. some point they broke. So drug and alcohol can hit anybody. Yes. You know, this whole range of folks. Now, you have this wonderful place on L Street, mm-hmm. and I was, I think, I, I can't, I'm trying to remember where I was exactly, but I'm I'm listening to the news, and they're talking about a fire, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I'm starting to make this connection. That fire was your place on L Street. Yes. How did you hear about it? Tell us what happened, and we're going to talk a little bit about the needs you have for that as well. Yes. Um, well, unfortunately, my husband and I had just left church, and uh, we got a call from the house monitor, and she sounded a little frantic, and she said, Vicki, the house is on fire. Whoa. And sometimes they overestimate, and, and you have to be the calm. And uh, I thought, well, maybe a homeless person threw something over in the trash can or something. Sure. And I said, is everybody out of the house? She said, yes. She says, I've called 911. I said, okay, I'm on my way. Um, so I didn't, I, I didn't think it was quite what it was until we were driving. We got off the freeway, uh, over by Divisadero and I was on my phone and my husband says, uh, oh, it's real. Well, when you look from that section, you can see that area of town. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to hear more about that fire and also what needs to happen to help you get back on track with this great program of the Lighthouse Recovery Center. We're so glad you've joined us uh, at Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. You can hear it Saturdays at 4, Sundays at 6 o'clock. We'll be right back. Now you know that tomorrow is always going to change. No matter. 
This is Powell to the People on the best talk in town. Well, here's Larry Powell. Well, welcome back to Powell to the People. It's hard to believe, but we are in our fourth segment already, and we're with Vicki Luna from Lighthouse Recovery Center. Vicki, your story is an amazing story, and you probably thought, wow, God is really good. I've got this great house, I've had these great experiences. God has directed my life right down the line from 25 years on, just as, in fact, even before that with the experiences that you had, and he knew who you were going to be serving. And so as you look back over all of that, uh, things must be going pretty good. And then you get this phone call and your house is on fire. This beautiful, big, old historic place down on L Street. And you were telling the, the listeners in our last segment that, Okay, maybe it's just somebody threw something in a trash can or something, but you get off the freeway 41, mm-hmm. you take a look to the right, yes. and you see down the Visadero, and you see smoke. Smoke, the whole Fire. sky filled with black smoke, and, wow. and then it became reality, uh, and then I knew the severity of, of yeah. the fire. So, obviously, you, you want everybody out, but you also have a lot of things in there. You know, so you, you've got you know, all this stuff of, okay, God, you've been so good. We've gotten, mm-hmm. we've gotten furniture, we've gotten food, we've gotten clothes, we've gotten all kinds of things from all kinds of folks in the community who have stepped up and, and helped the Lighthouse Recovery Center. And, and now I don't know what's going to be left inside there. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to have a house at the end of this because those old wooden homes, once they catch fire, mm-hmm. they just go through all of the, the ceiling area and they, they, they just burn quickly. Yes. So the fire department gets there. They they help take care of it, put it out and things. So what are you now faced with? Well, rebuild from the ground up. Um, you know, the house was over 100 years old. Right. And um, with ADA now, you know, when they built the house years back, the hallways weren't wide. The bathrooms weren't big. Correct. And so uh, in speaking with the insurance adjuster, um, we're underinsured. Because, uh, you know, with all the requirements, we're not going to have the space that we need uh, to really continue with the operations. And that ADA is Americans with Disabilities Act, and it requires certain widths on the uh, walkways and, you know, ramps that are a certain height and all those kind of things, which any business knows can be very arduous and tough. Yes. So you've got all of those kinds of things. and. And you're underinsured, so where do we go now? Well, uh, it looks like we're going to have to do a fundraising campaign at some point. Right now, I'm working with the city um, to get the house demoed because it was on the historic registry. Right. Uh, that was delayed. Um, I'm hoping that I get a report back today that, that we can move forward with that. Okay. And then um, we are going to, I'm working with the architect. He sent me the, hopefully, the final revision of plans this morning. I'll review those today. Uh, and then we'll we'll hopefully be able to move forward. So what do you, what are you looking at in the way of of uh, money? You know, because uh, uh, our listeners out there are generous folks. They uh, they understand the work that you've done with uh, the Lighthouse Recovery Center. The lives that have been changed. The trajectory is different for so many women. How many have you served? Uh, we had a capacity for 17 before the home burned. Okay. Um, right now we have a capacity for 12 just living with us. We can also sure. serve women who don't live with us, which we do. Um, but uh, but so right now we, we went from 17 or 18 to, to 12. 
we we were serving 18 but i have joyce and she's been with me several years and she's she's a senior citizen and she has some disabilities and and you know she puts us on her emergency card so i made a, i made it possible for her to have her own room in that house oh, i love it and uh and so uh so we went to 17 and now we're down to 12 but over the over the next year the course of the next year in the funds that we lose from our capacity being uh, decreased and then the under um, you know, the, the monies that we're going to need to rebuild uh, we're looking probably at about $750,000. That sounds like a whole lot. It is a whole lot, but, uh, but God is big and, and nothing can interfere or interrupt his plan. He just always does it better. Well, you know, if 750 people step up with $1,000, you might be able to take care of it. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly how easy that is. Yeah. So we break some of those things down. Well, over the course of the time from the time you first started, 2011 Mm -hmm. or so, how many have you served? Well, we started in 2007 is when the first house was was, um, launched. and That was a sober living. Yeah, that was a sober living. So back then we were only serving 12 um, and then as years went on, we also had outpatient. So usually probably um, about 40 a year come through the doors, 40 okay. to forty to 55 come through the doors. Those who graduate, though, Larry, 83% maintain sobriety long term. Wow. Like I mentioned, Leah, our very first lady back in 2007, yeah. she still has contact with us. She still comes to alumni. Uh, I'm hoping she'll be with us next week uh, when we make our prayer trees for 2022. That's fantastic. Now, does the 750000 does it uh, cover just the rebuilding? You still have to put things in the house. Yes, yes. And so we have um, some insurance coverage for contents. Okay. Uh, I'm in the middle of doing all of that inventory <laughs> right now. So you didn't know that you were also going to be a financier. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm learning a lot. And I'm like, okay, Lord, well, if you have me working with plans with architects, and the city and and the red tape there and and the insurance then then there has to be so you're growing me you know because god is always in the fire yes isn't god always in the fire absolutely <laughs> yeah well you have some challenges then so um do you have like a, a kind of estimated timeline on when you would like to be able to start rebuilding and then finish and uh you don't want to have to be in a, a position to store a lot of things. So right. if folks have uh, beds, if they have uh, couches, if they have things like that, you, they, it would be troublesome to get those at the wrong time. Yes, we so. already have two storages right now. They're not real big because it's amazing that there isn't a whole lot of storage space here in, in our different storage uh, yeah. uh, businesses. So we have, we have a couple of smaller storages where some people have donated some items and we're so thankful for those things, but, but continuing to store things and pay for that storage, right. um, right. is, is going is challenging. Well, if, if we have someone out there in our audience that ha- happens to have a big secure barn <laughs> someplace, that might be something that would be useful. Yes. You know? Yes. A big warehouse yeah, or something where like we could to donate that space to you yeah so uh how are the the ladies coping right now with uh this this you know we're, we're told don't do too many big things at one time you know don't change jobs don't get married don't buy a new car buy a new house and do all those at one time because it's it's too much for us well losing your house mm. had to be really tough on them so how are they coping with with this whole change you know it was when i pulled up to the fire there were 40 firemen there and i think they said like 
eight to ten trucks. Wow. So it it was huge. Um, and I looked across the street, and and there were the women who lived in that home. And my heart broke for them because I thought, what were they? What were they thinking when all of this was happening? You know, sure. everything they owned was in that house. Their IDs, their shoes, you know, everything that they owned was just going up in smoke. And they were when when you're in that position, you are already feeling at a loss. Absolutely. Even before the fire. Yes. But when um, the alumni started showing up, because they too heard it on the news, mm. the alumni just started gathering people from different churches, pastors, women's ministry leaders. Um, but when I looked over at the alumni and they were in tears uh, and later I read on Facebook where they were talking to each other and one of them said, this was the house that we grew up in. Wow. And that just, just oh, really touches touched my, your heart. Yes. Absolutely. That, that what an impact that house and what they learned in that house and the time that they spent and the transformation that God did. That was family. Yeah, that was family. Yeah, that was that, family. That's their home. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, what are your immediate needs? What do you, what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. Well, immediately, um, you know, just the everyday supplies, anything that it takes to run a house is what we need. Um, we The churches have been good, the businesses and individuals. We have our computers in place. We have um, desks. We have space. So immediately, the very next day, we were offering classes and therapy. Wow. Um, and I found we located a house to rent uh, just a couple of miles away. So it, it was on the market for sale. So it had new carpet and fresh paint. And, and um, so that's been that's been a good good thing. Um, but we are definitely needing to the, the funding to start putting back it to rebuild. So that way we're not cut short when we meet with the contractors. Sure. Sure. So, uh, do you have any money already started? Uh, we started donating. We, we haven't, people have been donating since the fire. Yes. But now we're going to try to launch a campaign because now we're going to know the exact number of, so the monies that were donated previously, right after the fire, we used for towels and sheets. Well, you had all kinds of needs. Yes. You've lost everything. Yes. Anybody who's been through a fire knows it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. When we got to the office, um, Cornerstone uh, allowed us so graciously to move into their office space. Well, when we got there the next day at at nine o'clock, I says, well, we don't even have a notepad and an ink pit, (laughs) but we have each other, you know. And so the therapist came in. We did that. But just starting to take into account, you know, we we didn't even have silverware, glasses, dish soap, you know. So all of the donations that came in initially were used to restock the the pantry and the kitchen and the bedrooms. Sure. Well. Uh, you've got a big task in front of you, yeah. but you've got a big God, yes, and that's going to uh, make a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So I know that we're uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, Vicki, it's been fantastic having you with us today. Um, we know that God's going to do a special thing because you're doing a special thing in Fresno with the Lighthouse Recovery Center, and uh, some wonderful things are going to come out of this. We know that, that when difficult circumstances happen, we get to see how big God actually is. So, folks, one more time, what's your, uh, you know. The website? Yes, website. Yes, it's lighthousewomensrecovery.org. Lighthousewomensrecovery.org. We want to make sure that you uh, check it out uh, and listen for that fundraising time, $750,000 or more. Thank you so much for being with us today. Powell to the people where civility is always in style.